1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 21. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to your passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, continuing on with Jordan through 1 Peter 1. And I love how this passage starts today. Therefore, preparing mm-hmm. your minds for action. You know, uh, yesterday I used that hotel room image. Yeah. I do think the danger that can come in being heavenly minded is that uh, we, we can misconstrue it towards that quote of you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, yeah. which ultimately, as Dees has preached, that's not true. The more heavenly minded we are, we should be of more earthly good. You right. know, we should be the greatest citizens and the most productive. And so Peter starts to push into that today mm-hmm. and uh, all through the lens of the grace uh, and the riches that are in Jesus Christ um, and the hope that we have found in God. So yeah. Jordan, what are your thoughts on how Peter develops these thoughts today? Yeah, so good. Well, I think there's there's an important thing to to remember for, for us. And I talk, I talk about this a lot in conversation is that there are all these good tensions in scripture, Absolutely. right? And and so the the illustration I use is a suspension bridge. Like it's the tension that provides stability. If you remove the tension off of one side of that suspension mm-hmm. bridge, all of a sudden it's incredibly wobbly and unstable, yeah, right? Yeah. And so often we approach verses in scripture uh, with only one side of that intention, right? And mm-hmm. so we read what we read yesterday and Absolutely. we're like, ah, oh, it's so beautiful. Like yeah. we can just, you know, glide into heaven yeah, and be joyful. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, but then we come to this and oftentimes it's the other side of the tension. And then we release the hope and the joy and the inheritance. And we say, oh, mm. oh my gosh, we've got to be holy like God is holy. And yeah. we need to conduct, conduct ourselves, you know, with, with fear and mm-hmm. trembling and, you know, and then, and then we've, we've lost what is supposed to be this good tension that provides stability for us. So mm-hmm. the therefore is incredibly important. It is. In light of these things, what are these things? In light of the fact that you've been brought into the family of God, in light of the fact that you have a sure guaranteed inheritance that you're one going to receive, mm-hmm. in light of the fact that you're children of God the Father, now, you do these things, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's in the comfort of that, it's in the stability of that, 
that then we seek to live holy lives. And mm-hmm. so I think that's just so vitally important because you know he, he begins like, we are supposed to set our hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there's this connection, right? It's all the stuff I just talked about. We're supposed to put our hope fully in that, mm-hmm. that God's grace will continue and it will be finally and fully realized when at the judgment seat of God, we will not be condemned for our sin because Jesus has taken all that sin, mm-hmm. right? That's grace. In light of that, now we are called to be obedient children. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's a consistent theme all throughout scripture, right? Why do we not sin? Well, Paul tells us in Romans, like it's because we're now dead to sin. Like the, mm-hmm. that was the very thing that led to the death and the destruction that, you know, mm-hmm. we, we are going towards apart from the grace of God. So as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. And that's what he's saying, right? Like you, I mean, think about, you know, this whole, this, this whole concept of like generational sin or something like that. Like you, you've, you've seen something, you've seen a destructive way of living. And so often it's incredibly difficult to break out of that, uh, because that's what you've seen. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's in your lineage. It's, it's a part of your family, but he's saying, no, you've, you've now been put into a new family. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's what he's talking about. Like in verse 18, knowing, believing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers mm. and and it's not because someone you know paid some money to you and gave you an opportunity yeah it's no you've been redeemed by the precious blood of christ yeah. like there's something incredibly precious that's been given to you mm-hmm. and so in light of that now we're supposed to follow the lord which gets into okay how do we live our lives as christians what should christ's covenant be known for as a culture, if someone gets to know you or your community group or, you know, the groups of Christians that you run in, mm-hmm. what should it look like? Well, I think God's call to us is it should, it should look holy. Mm. It should look like people who are concerned about pleasing the Lord and fighting sin uh, because we know that's, that's who we are, right? Like that's how, who Jesus has, has, um, created us to be mm-hmm. through his redemption. Absolutely. I love in verse 17, um, he says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Yeah. And obviously he's not commending us to be fearful and anxious, but the idea of fear uh, is, you know, used to denote this reverential awe yeah. and sort of like this, like you're carrying like a really expensive diamond or something, you know, yeah. like there's this, this immense all consuming carefulness yeah. and sense of importance. And I don't think that that is at all a burden, you know, first John, the, this is the love of God that we obey his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Yeah. That's not meant to be this like, Oh my gosh, like being a Christian is just such this anxious life, but there's actually a deep beauty in it because I think, when our thoughts are not connected to any sense of sacredness as we go about our days, yeah. everything becomes so drab, yes. right? Like changing a diaper, walking around a Brassfield Gory construction site, <laughs> turning in analytics for some consulting report. It, it, it seems so purposeless, mm-hmm. mowing your grass, yeah. whatever it is. But when we see this command to go about our days, to conduct ourselves, 
with reverential awe, you know, everything becomes a part of this holy mission that we've been brought into. And I love, you know, we started the Life in Babylon series with that Jeremiah 11 passage Mm -hmm. of, you know, plant gardens and eat of their fruit. Mm -hmm. Like the, a life on mission for God with this reverential awe does not always mean jumping in a ship to the far corners of the earth, but it can mean small acts of great faithfulness. And there, there's a great beauty that the way that we act as HOA president or the way that we walk around our construction sites and our offices, the way that you and I do ministry, when it's filled with this reverential awe, realizing that every moment, every opportunity is sacred and set apart and redeemed through the blood of God or through the blood of Christ, then there, there's the, this great opportunity bursting in every moment to be faithful to God and to mm. push back the works of darkness around us with these small acts of faithfulness. And yeah. that that is what is governing the way that we navigate our lives in exile. Mm. When I, yeah, I think that the, the carefulness or the importance of considering our lives mm-hmm. is something that, particular in our day and age, that is countercultural, mm-hmm. right? Because and, and and scripture oftentimes, and he talks about it here, talks about the passions of the flesh, mm-hmm. and the, and the passions is representative of like these unruly like desires that we just we pursue because we feel it, mm. and there's no there's no self control, there's no like consideration, and isn't that what scripture or sorry, isn't that what sin does to us, right? Like the temptation of sin clouds things in mystery where what what seemed to be black and white is no longer black and white. It's gray. It's clouded. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. oh maybe I should just pursue this because I feel like it. And so like that consideration, again to your point, it's not burdensome. It's a wise way to live your life. Hmm. Um and it actually leads to greater joy because you're actually doing the things that God has created you to do, mm-hmm. which is doing good, right? It is, it is, it is back to the creation mandate of, you know, Adam and Eve, like go and tend to this, mm-hmm. like cultivate it. Uh, that's what we're called to do as mm-hmm. Christians. And mm-hmm. we're called to do it in reverence to the Lord. Absolutely. You know, I love Paul in second Corinthians two. He says, we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And the whole like olfactory uh, smelling sort of imagery is so powerful because, you know, you think of when like somebody walks in a room who has like terrible BO, um, there's this immediate shift in the joy or pleasantness in a room. And I do think that that's really helpful of, and and then he says further on, we are not like so many peddlers of God's word. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like we're, we become these cheap door to doors, door to door salesmen, but that we become this aroma of life that is, is to be filling the earth. And I think that that is like really helpful in understanding it's not like you have to go to your job and just set up a little gospel tract station right. and be like the Mormon missionary in the office. But we can actually go into these places 
filled with hope, filled with joy, rooted in the inheritance that's been purchased for us in Christ. And that becomes an aroma that is evident to those around us. And of course, we do have to preach the gospel with words. We do have to, you know, be faithful in, in actually proclaiming the gospel, but never in the absence of embodying the aroma of Christ's sacrifice and his sacrificial love. Yeah, it's so church. good. What aroma are you putting out today? Come on, come mm. on. All right, well, for Jordan Coughlin, this is Will Carlisle. We will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.